Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinny Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you never opened the Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be bearing fruit. Let's begin in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, beginning in the first verse, It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples." In this chapter, we find the importance of producing spiritual fruit. The word fruit is mentioned six times here. One of our most important roles as Christians is bearing fruit. And there is a reason why we need to do this. Verse 8 told us, Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. When we bear fruit, we glorify God, because the fruit that we produce is a manifestation of what is within us. And what is within us is God. God dwells within us, and because of this, His righteousness influences our life, and through our thoughts and words and actions, fruit is produced. If we are truly disciples, disciplined learners of the Lord, it is our fruit that is the evidence that we've been walking with the Lord. Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 through 20 tell us, You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. What we produce becomes the evidence that we have been alone with God and have allowed Him to work in our lives, or in the worst-case scenario, evidence to the contrary that we have allowed the lies of the enemy and the lives of the world to influence our lives. Producing fruit is a two-way street. It's either good or bad fruit. The way we go down this street makes a world of difference. When fruit manifests in our lives, it's not just visible to us. It's also visible to others. When others see our fruit, it informs their idea and their concept of God. An example of this is when we're truly walking in love, and when we tell others about the Lord and His love, the love that they saw in us, becomes a foundation 
upon which they can then build their understanding of God's love. Our love acts as a seed, which if planted in the right soil, grows in the person and allows them to come to a fuller understanding of God's agape love. This is the same with any fruit that we produce in our lives. Genesis 1 and 12 says, And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Fruit contains seeds by which more fruit is produced. This is why God is glorified by our fruit, because it produces. Not only do we produce fruit in our life, but then God uses that fruit to work in someone else's life, and they in turn produce their own fruit. In this, God uses us as his vessels to start a chain reaction that would go on throughout all of eternity. More and more fruit is produced, which gives more and more glory to God. The word used for good in Matthew chapter 7 in Greek is kalos, which means beautiful, as an outward sign of the inward good, noble, honorable character, good, and seen to be so. Strong's Concordance says, Kalos means attractively good, good that inspires and motivates others to embrace what is lovely, beautiful, and praiseworthy, good that is well done, so as to be winsome and appealing. This is the power that producing good fruit has, which is why it is so central to our lives. Evil fruit does the opposite. It not only shows the Lord's absence from a person's life, but it also is rotten and doesn't produce. Instead of being appealing and leading people towards the Lord, it's putrid. It turns people away and it leads them further and further away from God. Part of our role as stewards of our lives is to be attentive to the fruit that we are producing and to cultivate it so that the power that our fruit possesses can be wielded correctly in the will of God, and for the glory of God. We next need to look at how we produce fruit. In John 15, verse 1 said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Jesus is the vine. This is the foundation of our study. Fayer's Greek lexicon says about this verse, Christ calls himself a vine, because as the vine imparts to its branches sap and productiveness, so Christ infuses into his followers his own divine strength and life. Christ is our source. Our ability to produce fruit comes from him. Our strength and our entire life is found in him. We are the branches. We need to ask the Lord to continually infuse us with himself, his power, his righteousness, and his word. This is not just a one-time event. This is continual. It's a process that is ongoing. Verse 3 is part of this. It says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. When we are born again and truly putting forth an effort to learn the word, he infuses us with his word. This is because the word of God, unlike any other type of knowledge that we can learn, goes beyond our mind and intellect into our spirit. The word is not like normal knowledge that we learn. Knowledge exercises the faculties of the mind, having to do with the soul. And if it is rightly applied, it expresses itself outwardly through the actions of the body. The Word of God influences our entire being, spirit, soul, and body, and affects every area of our lives. It changes us and renews us, which is why when the Lord has infused us with His Word and puts His Word in our hearts, it prepares us to bear fruit. Hebrews 10 and 16 says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, 
The writer of Psalm 119 says in verse 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Having the word in our heart is necessary. Luke 8 and 11 tells us, The seed is the word of God. This is important because seeds naturally produce fruit. What this means for us is that since God has put his word in our heart, that fact alone reveals that fruit will naturally be produced in our lives. The word prepares us to bear fruit because the seeds are already there. It cleanses everything from our life that would hold us back from producing. The next verses that we need to look at are verses 4 and 5, which say, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. The same way that God lives within us, we're called to live within God. This means that we need to be totally immersed in Him and totally immersed in His Word. Since God is the source, when we abide in Him, we are staying plugged into the source. Abiding in God is the way that we create the right environment for our fruit to grow in. Fruits need certain environmental factors in order to grow and to thrive. It's like how a greenhouse provides a sanctuary for plants to grow, even surrounded by an environment that is hostile to them. Abiding in God serves as a spiritual greenhouse, a special place where spiritual fruit can grow and flourish, surrounded by a world that is hostile to them. If we don't stay abiding with the Lord no matter what, if we cease to abide with Him, we will cease to produce fruit. The two are inseparably related. Our abiding with Him is our fellowship with Him. It creates unity between us and God. It creates a type of partnership between us and God that's rooted in the covenant that we made with Him when we gave Him our lives. Having Christ living within us frees us to be used by Him and to work with Him. Being infused with divine strength and life because of Christ, being cleansed by His Word and abiding in Him are the keys to how we are to produce fruit in our life. We must also look at what exactly fruit is. The Greek word translated as fruit in John chapter 15 is karpos. Strong's concordance says that it means fruit, everything done in true partnership with Christ. A believer as a branch lives in union with Christ as the vine. By definition, fruit results from two life streams, the Lord living his life through ours to yield what is eternal. Let's go to Hosea chapter 14. Hosea chapter 14 beginning in the first verse, says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words, and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, Take away all iniquity, and receive us graciously, so will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. I will heal their backsliding, I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily, and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread, and his beauty shall be as the olive tree, and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn, and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do any more with idols? I have heard them and observed them. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. 
Who is wise, and he shall understand these things? Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall therein. In verse 8, we find a very important concept. It says, from me is thy fruit found. In the definition of fruit that we just saw, it said fruit results from two life streams. This is because fruit manifests itself from our life, but it originates from God. Since God lives within us, the fruit originates in his life, and then it outwardly is expressed for our own natural life. Any fruit derives its life from the branch, which derives its life from the vine. So the fruit is a product of both the branch and the vine. The vine is Jesus. We need to understand that our job as the branches is secondary, but equally necessary. The best way to understand our role as the branches is to look at natural branches. The branch possesses no life-giving or sustaining power of its own. The fruit only survives and thrives because of what it receives from the vine. The vine is what has the life-giving and sustaining power. The branch is just the conduit and the vessel through which that life power flows from the vine to the fruit. This gives us a much clearer picture of what our role specifically is. We have no power in and of ourselves to produce true eternal fruit that is outside of our ability as fallen mankind. This is why Jesus said in John 15 and 5, For without me ye can do nothing. No eternal fruit will ever be produced by us alone. We need Jesus, because he is God himself. And because he is perfect, he has that life-giving power within himself, because that is part of who he is as God. He holds all power within heaven and earth. When we became born again, we became connected to Christ and became partners with him. Now, if we properly do our part, we become the vessel who has the great privilege of getting to witness the life-giving power get transferred from God within us to the fruit that manifests through our lives. We need to know that we are only called to be the vessel. So we must then ask ourselves the question, how do we fulfill this role? We need to be ready and willing to obey the Lord's command. We have to be open to being used by God. The best way that we fulfill this role is by fully surrendering to God and to his will. When we give all of ourselves up to God, we open the door for the blessings to flow. And God will give all of himself to us. He desires to do this. He desires to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But it all starts with surrender. Once we surrender and the Spirit can operate freely in our lives, He will use us as His vessels, not just to bear fruit, but also to execute many other aspects of His will. It is also important that we look at the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23 say, But the fruit of the Spirit is love joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. These are the most important of the spiritual fruits that we are called to bear. Later in verse 25, Paul says, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. These nine fruits are more than just average fruits that we produce in our lives. Any value or virtue that manifests itself in our life can be deemed a fruit. But these nine specifically are set apart because they are central tenets which our life should be built upon. These are not just values and virtues. Each of these nine are a way of life. Another important thing to note about these nine that further sets them apart as distinctive 
is that each of them are enabled and produced within us by God. They are each purely a work of God in our lives. We will look at this closer at another time, but it's important for us to know that only God can work these in our lives. We can never get them by any effort of our own. They are purely a work and a free gift of God. Whatever we need and whatever God requires of us, He freely gives us if we ask in faith. Paul says in Philippians 4 and 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. A major problem amongst Christians today is that although they know that they are called to produce fruit, they many times fail to recognize the source of the fruit and in turn look for fruit in the wrong places. There are two different mindsets that Christians have when it comes to this. Some look inwards towards themselves and others look outwards towards God. Since fruit manifests itself outwardly, when people have a fruit that they want to be operating in but don't see the evidence of it, they begin to question why they don't have it. Many at this point ask themselves what they've done wrong, thinking that something that they did or something that they failed to do caused them to not produce this fruit. This causes them to look inwards to see what they can change or what they can do better, which leads them into the trap of introspection. Introspection is not bad in and of itself, but if left unchecked, it can easily become all-consuming, which is spiritually harmful for the believer. The fervor that the believer goes down this road, the fervor that he is led away from the source, thinking himself to be the source, he ceases to produce fruit altogether. This looking inward, if carried out to its logical end, results in the realization that we lack the ability and lack the power to produce fruit alone. This realization should cause us to look outwards. We are called to look outwards. When we do this, we're looking towards God and acknowledging that He is the only true source of the fruit that we're looking for. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us, Looking unto Jesus, the offer and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This verse not only commands us to look outside of ourselves to God, but it also shows us what we've been studying today. Faith, as we saw before, is a fruit of the Spirit, and it tells us here that He is the author and finisher of our faith. This reveals to us that our faith originates in Him as the vine, and then He translates His power through us and works in us to bring the fruit to completion. This shows us the whole process. Every part of the process is found in Him. We are only to be yielded to Him as a vessel. God produces the fruit. This is why Jesus said in John 15 and 15, For without me ye can do nothing. This is why we must look outward. Unless we are looking to Jesus, we will never see the fruit that we are desiring to see. So if there is a fruit that we want to see manifest in our life, what do we do? John 15 and 7 told us, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. If we are looking unto Jesus for our fruit, all we need to do is ask. He will grant it to us if we ask in faith. We have not because we ask not. God is not looking to hold back fruit from us. All he wants for us to do is to ask. Then we will start to see the fruit manifest in our thoughts and in our words and in our deeds. As disciples, we are set apart to bear fruit. We must not only understand this calling, but also walk in it. Jesus says in John 15 and 16, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you, 
that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your love should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. This is our calling, and this is our inheritance. It's God's will that we bring forth fruit, and it's his desire that our branches flourish. Let's make the choice today to glorify God by bearing fruit. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you have given us the ability to bear fruit. And we thank you that it's not us, but that it's you as the vine who gives that life-sustaining power to the fruit that we produce in our lives. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to look at our own life. We don't have to fall into the trap of introspection to see why we don't have some fruits and have others, but that we can look outwardly to you. And we thank you that you have given us the promise that whatever we claim in faith, that you will give it to us. Lord, we thank you, and we have a desire to abide in you as you abide in us. Lord, help us to become immersed in you and in your word and in everything that pertains to your kingdom. And Lord, we thank you that the fruit that we produce won't just be stagnant, but will produce its own fruit in the lives of other people, that others will be set free and find the freedom that they can only find in you because of the love and the faith and the peace and the joy and all the other things that we show forth in our day-to-day lives. Lord, we give you all the honor and all the glory for all the fruit that we will produce. And we thank you that you have given us this great ability. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to bear fruit and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. Now, if you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.